What's going on, everybody? It's Al G857. <laughs> the 23rd Stallion. Sticks in the building. And your boy, Big Chaco. What up? And we have another edition of the Level 857 Video Game Podcast here tonight. That's right. But yeah. before we get to the main event here, the main interview that you've all been waiting for, we're going to go ahead and talk about where you can listen to our podcast, which is from Radio Public. You can hear us on all the streaming services, but Radio Public is where you want to go to if you want to show the most support. And also, if we hit 500 subscribers or followers on any of our social media, make sure to do so. Because if we hit that milestone, we're going to do the hot sauce challenge. That's right. Yeah, we're going to suffer. We're going to suffer. It's going to hurt. We're going to suffer. But without further ado, I'm going to let uh, Sticks go ahead and do the uh, the introduction here for the, our special guest. All right. And... Hailing from Canada, current host of EP Daily, formerly Electric Playground. You can see him every day on the Electric Playground Network on YouTube. One of the most well-respected video game journalists, the yeah. one, the only, yeah. Victor Lucas. Yeah! yeah. Hello! Here he is. Hello, hey. Level 857. Thank you for having me. No How do I words. sound? You, you sound, sound okay? Fantastic. Yeah. Cool. This is like an ad for Apple AirPods right now. <laughs> <laughs> We have uh, an event in the uh, VFS Cafe, so I'm shooting uh, this interview behind the stage while there's a, uh, some kind of acting performance thing happening at the VFS Cafe, which oh. is the Vancouver Film School in Vancouver, Ooh, nice. uh, and it's an actual cafe, and I make Electric Playground as a live show in front of uh, people uh, awesome. that we stream. Awesome. It, nice. Yeah, it's it's the only way we've never we've we have never made EP like that until this year. Okay. And uh, it's a lot of fun. That's oh, so cool. Nice. That's you can sneak awesome. back behind there and give us a sneak peek of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, back here it's a it's a lot of junk. A lot, all of this stuff comes out of our office space and goes up on stage, and and uh, it, it uh, we whip it together to make it look a little bit prettier. But back here, this is this is where some of the work gets done. But I do like, a lot of work at home. That looks like my room. Uh, yeah, it, it yeah. looks like a room. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, I mean, I know we don't have too much time with you, but we appreciate any time you give us. So yeah. thank you for that. Yes. My um, pleasure, you guys. I, one, of, one of you guys was in uh, our show's chat the other day. We that, were was talking about, that was me. Oh, yeah. That was me. Well, thank you for reaching out. And I know that Tommy was on the show. I saw clips of that. It was like two hours because that man can talk. Three hours. Uh, three, hours three, and, uh, three, three hours and plus. plus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, oh, I yeah. watch, if I watch a three-hour Tommy Tallarico interview, I don't get to review a game that week. So I, 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 I watched a few clips of that. Yeah. But yes, he's a, he's a fantastic talker and i'm proud of that guy man he's yeah. uh he's a lot of fun he's, yeah he's, he's crazy he's just like let's try something that's impossible and let's make it happen yeah that's true all right uh, so we're gonna jump into questions to, to sure. start along this i mean we have i don't know if you have live viewers that want to ask anything but if you do be sure to leave it in comments if you like but uh mm -hmm. let's start with uh how long did you do Electric uh, Playground on television? Because I've seen it in some form or another during like news broadcast and like wait, years after I thought it was gone. So I seen it as more like a tech show later. So how exactly was that going about? And did, was it like a name change? And how many shows was uh, it actually? Kind of. I mean, it's always been the Electric Playground. And so I think the EP is, uh, is the, the heart and soul of of anything that we've done, uh, which it transformed into EP Daily. And, and then we had a bunch of other things cooking at the same time. So I said, 
just saying electric playground isn't enough let's call it epn and it's sort of wraps around all of the content that we were making because we had the vix basement podcast and reviews on the run was its own show and we were uh making some radio content a little bit of everything because you, you, once you have a TV show that goes from a weekly to a daily kind of nighttime um, thing, which is what happened with Electric Playground, it transforms into um, a much more piece of mainstream entertainment. We're in people's living rooms every day. You know, yeah. they're click, they're clicking around on their um, remote controls, and they would find EP, and we'd be talking about like everything fun. You know, movies and video games and mm-hmm. cool technology. But EP started in 1995 um, and went to the first E3. That was kind of like a mecca for me. But I I wanted to uh, make a TV show about the the video game world. And I wanted to go behind the scenes. And I also wanted to have, uh, you know, real, um, honest, objective review content within the show as well. And uh, in 95, I started pitching it. And while we were pitching it, we launched the the website at electplay.com. Uh, now you can find it all at epn.tv, but um, we uh, started posting web articles and we went and shot demo material in 1995. We went and shot interviews at E3 with people like uh, Ed Boone and John Tobias, the Mortal Kombat guys, yeah. uh, David Perry talking about Earthworm Jim. Uh, we talked to Peter Molyneux. Uh, I don't even know what the hell about back then. Uh, we talked to the, the, the Tremel brothers who were working at Atari and Wow. Um, we met. I met Tommy at the very first E3, and I interviewed him. And that footage is on the internet somewhere. We saw it. Yeah, You you uh, made sure you got his name right. I think, right? That's that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just like the rest of uh, you know all of us game fans back then, the only yeah. sort of access point we had to this information was through through magazines, and yeah, I had right. tons of magazines. Mm-hmm. And that that was my pitch. I would walk into TV stations and and. Uh, uh, I would say, okay, well, look, you know, this industry is enormous. It's only going to get bigger and it's all moving into 3D and CD-ROMs and, and uh, this content is going to look more and more like the animated movies that are making billions of dollars. And I think it's going to cross over, become really, really popular and, and there should be television programming around it. And people started to pay attention to that. And uh, so we launched as a, a weekly show in 1997 that we syndicated across Canada and down the West Coast of the U.S., uh, did a couple of seasons like that, and then um, uh, we ended up doing a deal with Discovery to be on their science uh, channel in 2001, um, and uh, that that was a great run, and we were going to work with them on a bunch more stuff, but then uh, the the uh, September 11th attacks happened, oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. and, and uh, everything changed in all sectors of uh, business and right. the world and right. culture, including for our show. And uh, and so we had to kind of figure out what 2002 was going to be. But just as that was happening, G4 launched and G4 needed content. And here we had already, you know, six or seven years under our belt making material. And and uh, I met Charles Hirshhorn, who founded G4 in Vancouver. He came to our studio and uh, uh, he apologized. He said, I I love what you're doing with Electric Playground. We're we're kind of trying to make a 24-hour network of Electric Playground. And I went, well, don't don't apologize. I can't I can't make a network. That's amazing. We got to work together. And so we did, and we we did a um, after you know everything was kind of uh, changing for us because we had just done our biggest year ever working with Discovery, and we didn't know what was going to happen. The the next phase was a six-episode commitment from G4 to make. 
uh, a spinoff of Electric Playground, our Reviews on the Run spinoff, mm-hmm. and it was called Judgment Day in the States as its own show. Yeah, and so Tommy and I started with a, a six-episode run and got some good notes and feedback from the network, but they liked the show and people liked our um, our reviews together, and then that ended up, uh, we got another seven-episode run, and then we got 13, and we got 13. And while we were doing that, we were also delivering Electric Playground in Canada. And then in 2003, we, we uh, brought EP to G4. And so we became really entrenched and embedded with the G4 folks. We became, we became the, uh, the longest running third party um, partner that they had. So we were out of house and always been independent, but we've been able to partner with some really um, fantastic people. And then Rogers in Canada became a really big partner of ours and they wanted more of our content. And, and so we eventually turned Electric Playground as a, from a weekly show, which we were doing like 50 episodes a year. Mm. We turned that to uh, 250 episodes a year. Damn. Wow. And that worked because we, we started to talk about content that wasn't just purely game centric, mm. but also stuff that people would like, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. and the effects in... Uh, uh you know the curious case of benjamin button and you know electric cars we stayed then you know we'd go to the nasa jet propulsion lab and it was sciencey and tech related and cool entertainment and genre based uh and it turned into a great half hour show um and that was successful and they said we want another half hour daily show and so we turned reviews on the run which was already running as its own half hour uh weekly also into a daily show and so we were making about between 500 and 600 episodes of television there for a little while and then a bunch of documentaries and uh but we kept rocking and rolling or making lots of uh, ep content and uh on television until the end of 2015 after g4 had you know faded away and i knew when g4 had faded that things were going to get a little bit iffy for us mm-hmm. uh because media was shifting it, right. you know and advertising dollars were really shifting to digital and and uh, uh the, the writing was on the wall and and, and you know we um we just had to keep kind of rolling with it and in, in 2016 i didn't know uh what i was going to do i didn't you know i didn't have another home for the show uh with g4 gone and my long relationship with rogers it was like um you know the, there was a real sort of hesitation to get into this space for television, you know, mm-hmm. that everybody took over G4. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I had some pitches along that way for sure. Yeah. And yeah. And if I was the producer that I am now, hmm. um, I, I think that could have happened. And actually we, I, I, it, it just didn't time out. There, yeah, yeah. there was some, there was some, you know, possibilities with a lot of that stuff. Did you, ever, um, did you ever consider uh, like a Netflix uh, style, like just uh, venturing off into that from, uh, you know, from oh, cable like part, to... Like working with Netflix or... Uh, yeah. Uh, like we, a... we talked to Netflix about stuff. Netflix, I actually had some pretty good conversations with them and they yeah. were trying things like they ran the Daily Show for a while. Okay. And they were recognizing that people weren't really tuning in for that kind of information. People like to binge a, a lot yes. on there. Yes. Now we're moving into streaming in a bunch of different ways as consumers. So mm-hmm. um, the thing that I've realized is that if I continue to make Electric Playground, new conversations continuously happen. And that has been the case. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been... Um, People are gun shy, though, to spend money because mm-hmm. there's a real like, uh, you know, concern about how to do it. Mm-hmm. But 
Um, I keep having good conversations, but in the meantime, I, I can't sit around on my ass and wait right, for people exactly. to kind of wake up <laughs> right, and right, say, right. yeah, you, you knew how to do it for 20 <laughs> years. Maybe you're a pretty good candidate to make a TV show for us. Right, right. You know, <laughs> like, I, like I figured it out, you know, with a group of amazing people, we figured out how to make something that was palatable and rate well. And, you know, right. our audience was made up of 50% women and families watched it together. All the quadrants, all the things that people would want out of video game television, hmm. we nailed. And it, we didn't do it because we knew exactly how to do it right out of the get-go. It took us a long time to learn, mm -hmm. but we got there. And it's not going to be easy for anybody to do it. And um, so I, I'm, I'm patient with people trying to understand how to do this. I totally understand that a lot of up-and-coming executives want to kind of make a name for themselves and build all brand new content. Mm -hmm. Um, and they look at established formats like Entertainment Tonight and Access Hollywood and Extra. All of those shows are still running, by the way. Mm. There's a reason for it. Mm. <laughs> and they, they think, uh, well, we don't want to do that. We want to come up with it. So I get all of that. Mm. I'm kind of just waiting for people to come around and realize that people just want to sit in front of a screen, whether it's TV or phone or uh, the Internet or whatever, right. and be entertained and informed for half an hour. Mm -hmm. And I know how to do that. So. Um, in the meantime, while I wait for people that, that want to partner with us around that stuff and, and hopefully that happens and if it doesn't, it's okay. Cause we've got a, the longest run out there. Um, we just keep making content cause it's, it's a blast. And so in 2016, we just rolled on with some, uh, YouTube content, 2017, uh, we started EP live out of our old studio, um, kept, kept that up through, uh, 2018. And then in that year, we started to discuss the possibility of moving into this space at the Vancouver Film School. And so uh, that's what we've been doing. We've, we've nice. done a little bit of documentary oh. work, some, okay. some um, you know, commercial type spots as well, hmm. partnerships that way. Uh, but for the most part, we've just been rocking with the resources that we have on uh, lots of electric playground content and, and getting fantastic interviews. And, and uh, you know, I, I just, I, I feel very lucky that I've been able to do this and I love that I get to do this and, uh, uh, I don't want to squander the opportunity to continue doing it. So that's what I'm doing. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. You've been doing it for yeah. a long time. Yeah, man. <laughs> you were the first yeah. show that I've seen on TV that had to do anything with video games. Believe me. Yeah. 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 This, this is my 25th year of, of doing this. And, uh, I had no idea that I would be able to maintain a career for that long. Um, we did 25 seasons of Electric Playground on television, wow. which is pretty amazing because we had some That's years where we had more yes. we had more than one season a year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're in kind of like our 29th season of oh. Electric Playground right now, which wow. which, awesome. which blows me away. That's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's 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 awesome. That's I, I miss. Order. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, right. I, the one thing that I definitely do miss is the uh, incredible group of people that I was, you know, had able to kind of pull together to build a team. Mm. uh with and uh it's hard and it, it once because i was i was an employer right and so I, I i was able to pay a lot of people to have cool jobs and and uh so it's been really hard for me to like ask too many favors from my my old group you know because right. i can't pay them so because i don't because i don't have the budget and it just feels weird to say come on my show again this week come on because everybody <laughs> wants to see all those guys too right but, I, I, I try not to bug my my uh, my great friends like Steve Tilley and Raju Mudar and Sean Hatton and Marissa Roberto and and Tommy and uh, Scott. Like if I had my brothers, I'd be working with those guys every single day. But um, 
it would be very cheesy for me to ask them to be on the show every day and not play. Right. No, so, Tommy. Actually, that was, yeah. was going to go into the question that I was going to ask. Speaking of Tommy, oh, Television oh, Amigo has a couple of questions for you. <laughs> oh, <that's> a, <laughs> oh, somebody's in the chat. Let's let that fire away. Where's he? Where's he streaming from? I'm streaming from the uh, the production <laughs> office of the EP space at the Vancouver Film School. So this is it's not glamorous, but something else is happening in the VFS cafe, and I can't go on the stage. Of it. Oh, he's, got, he's got some other ones. He has a couple more questions too. Oh, oh, oh yes, oh yes, he does. <laughs> he, 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 he would like to know if you still wear women's underwear. <laughs> uh, well, just the, the stuff that Tommy lent me. Cause that's in the oh, oh, yes. <laughs> oh. I, think he's oh. Got, I think he's got one more. Yeah, he has one more question for you. Um, okay. well, more of a comment. He said that he likes yeah. your chin shaven. It's way easier to sit on. <laughs> yeah. Re revealing too much as usual. <laughs> And I'm sure everybody that works for the Intellivision organization right now is so proud of this. Yeah. 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 Nothing is sacred after you shoot a review with a guy in a hot tub. <laughs> no, it's, it's all. Yeah, is there, nothing nothing that, is out of bounds. No, you that can, was, you uh... can kind of go anywhere. <laughs> oh, That's the magic God. of your show, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is family entertainment. Uh, <laughs> who's, who else has a question? Uh, I'll get a question. Uh, well, I was going to ask, since you, you brought up all your friends that you work with um, if, uh, back in the G4 days, uh, I was going to yeah. ask, do you still keep in touch with any of them? And you kind of answered I, I that. Keep... Like, yeah, I keep in touch with uh, almost everybody, you know, right. and, you know, what has happened is it's like a little bit of a um, a bomb has gone off in media. And it's not just mm -hmm. in video games, it's right. in media in general. It's yeah. like I was reading today about uh, Ronan Farrow, who's got this big expose on uh, Weinstein and Matt Lauer and NBC and everything. Like they squashed that guy at NBC. They would not let him do his story. And he yeah. was, there was all this back. And so it doesn't matter what level you are in media right now. Mm -hmm. It's very tenuous and uh, you don't know if you're going to be working for long. And, and mm -hmm. a lot of the teams across media have um, have been broken up and, and mm -hmm. people have just been scattered to the wind and, and uh, they get gigs here and there. They get gigs here and there. And uh, I mean, it's it's part of this di digital um, restructuring, I think that all of our lives are, are dealing with right mm -hmm. now. There's a lot of incredible, like look at what we're doing right now. We're having a, we're making a show uh, using internet technology and the, and, the, and the stuff that's around us. And, and uh, we're getting in, into a pretty fun conversation here. Mm -hmm. uh, and that stuff was not available to me as a TV producer mm -hmm. when we started, unless I went into a very expensive uh, satellite studio and then somebody else on the other end was in a very expensive satellite studio now we, we carry around that technology with us in our pockets and yeah. it's an hd you yeah. know yeah. which is mind-blowing <laughs> but it also has uh um really kind of squashed a lot of opportunities for uh you know building something that reaches a mass amount of people it mm. feels like everybody it, it, we all carry the propensity to be broadcasters, 
And so I think we all are broadcasters and it feels like we are, we're a, a world of 6 billion TV stations now. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it's harder to find yeah, now because everything yeah. is scattered everywhere. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. that also leads me to a question that I had. Um, yep. So I, I have one. Do you get more appreciation or gratitude reporting on gaming in a TV show format or on your internet show? And which is easier and which do you prefer? Oh, that is an amazing question. I, I, um, I actually like the hybrid of it all. You know, mm. I, I'm quite, I'm quite happy and, and proud of the, this EP live format. I wish we had, um, kind of been able to work this out sooner. You know, it, it took us kind of having to transition away from TV to kind of figure out, well, what if we package a, a fairly tight hour with some broadcast prepackaged like reviews on the run type content or mm -hmm. an interview or something, and then have a live component and go back and forth um, that way while we're interacting with people in real time. And then we added the, uh, the extra bit of having a, a stage presence and people coming to the event like that too, or to, to the venue like that. Mm. It's really fun doing it that way. But what I, I will tell it, it, and this kind of, is connected to what I was just talking about there. But what I miss about TV is that people would just discover us and they wouldn't know me or Tommy or any of the other hosts. They wouldn't know who we were really. They were just watching people have a lot of fun mm -hmm. talking about the most enjoyable things that human beings make and how they made them and why they made them. And I, I think we don't have that on TV anymore at all. I think that TV has really become, um, you know, a, a reality TV kind of cesspool um and news and there's i think news is cleaning up right now because the the world is really messed up and yeah. there's lots of lots of things that people can report on that are freaking people out mm -hmm. um and then there's a lot of es escapism and I, I you know and even the entertainment shows that are there they don't they feel like commercials you know like they're mm -hmm. just advertising yep. yeah. a, a product less than they are trying to figure out a, how this stuff is getting done, you know? And then on YouTube, which I love, YouTube and the the access for to it and the and the incredible video content that's out there, most of it is a lot of um a lot of soapboxing and there's a lot of complaining and a, uh oh, and yeah. some of it and oh, a lot yeah. of it justified for sure. There's a lot right. of things to to in the video game industry and lots of other things for people to want to complain about. And I know people get addicted to because they have their own complaints so they get addicted to people complaining because it's mm -hmm. just like oh, all right let it out let right. it out everybody right. you know um but i miss i miss that we made this aspirational show about creativity mm. and we were visiting people on location and we were so clearly working together and having a blast making the show and when you watch old episodes you can watch our first five seasons on uh, on our channel right now when you watch those those everybody's having fun the video game companies that we were visiting they didn't get visited by any other tv people really ever mm. and they were into the playfulness that we were bringing and and um we had a, an incredible group of editors and effects uh, people and, and visual effects um tavis dunn that was our art director just had this ability to like craft lightsabers or something like that in our interview and we just mm -hmm. We just had a lot of fun putting it all together, and then uh, and and I think people caught up on that, and that's what I miss. I miss that by accident, people became fans, and they were shown that um, this material that we were talking about, which they may only have like a cursory knowledge of, was really worth their attention and was really enjoyable, mm -hmm. 
And in some cases, and this was this was something that I never planned for, but I would hear from parents who would watch the show with their kids mm. and they would say, well, I want my kid to be uh, making games based on on your show, based on the interviews that you put together and the studio visits. And I, and since, you know, we've been running for so long, I've had developers thank me that we <laughs> talked about this stuff because awesome. they hired people that were inspired by the old crazy you know, shove things down your pants antics that uh, Tommy would do over <laughs> visiting a game company. That's awesome. That's awesome. Very inspirational. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, do you have uh, yeah, here? I got a question. Um, Go for it. Can you talk about uh, your favorite and least favorite part of working at G4? Uh, well, I didn't work at G4. Mm. Um, I, I, my studio and my company has been based in Vancouver since the very beginning. Um, but I was down there an awful lot. And, um, I, I was always concerned that G4 was set up in LA. Uh, I always thought that that was a, um, a potential problem for the network, uh, because they had to kind of keep up with the Joneses down there. And even if they were still an up and coming network, they had to pay the same as some real established networks. So if they hired camera operators and sound people, and, and that's the way the game is played in Los Angeles for sure. And I, I don't mean to like shortchange anybody and people deserve what they're getting, they get paid. But if you're a network that's trying to get off the ground and, and you got to kind of, it's not just the, the staff, it's like the way that you carry yourself has to kind of fit the, there's a bit of a high school mentality in, in Hollywood where mm -hmm. yeah. people are always kind of, mm. you know, bragging and promoting yeah. self-promoting and stuff. And it can be a bit exhausting. And I felt like uh, it, it didn't help the network that was still trying to figure out its identity, that mm. they also had to kind of be as cool as MTV, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think what we saw was after G4 was fading was this, this real growth of, uh, authenticity through twitch and through youtube of people just expressing their their honest love and their real knowledge and their real passion for for the medium and i think that a lot of people that love this stuff as much as all of us do gravitated towards that and there was an opportunity for g4 to tap into that but i think that they were um i think that they were caught up in the tv game and the tv business of of uh, being in hollywood and i, I honestly there were a lot of great benefits there. A lot of the celebrity stuff draw, drew a lot of eyeballs to um, to the network. They made some poor choices in that direction too, mm -hmm. uh, but they also did have some good choices. You know, right. and I, one of the one of my profound memories of working with G4, they were always great with me. By the way, they really respected EP. They respected the hell out of what we were doing with Judgment Day. They gave us, uh, you know, pretty much full autonomy. They would give us some feedback and notes every once in a while, but they were very happy. And we work with them a lot. I did specials with them, uh, but they asked me to host the first, be one of the hosts of the first G4. Yeah, Jamie Kennedy was the uh, top yeah, line yes, guy. Yes, yes. And, and I, I hosted uh, bits with Diane Mizota mm -hmm. and uh, met Public Enemy and Flock of Seagulls. Oh, and nice. um, <laughs> uh, we gave an award away to uh, uh, Elijah Wood and uh, Dominic Monaghan. Uh, they were in the Lord of the Rings uh, mm -hmm. game and, of course, did the movies and stuff together. And so we were hanging with all these incredible people. And that was like I was walking down, uh, I guess, Hollywood Boulevard, you know, passing these <laughs> these famous establishments and these palm trees and the and the, and the stars on the walk. And 
and I had my script for G4A in my back pocket. And I'm like, how, I, you know, how did my love of video games get me <laughs> to this? You know, it's like, oh, wow. shit, that's awesome. Though. That's, that's, yeah, that's so, fantastic. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it certainly exploded since mm-hmm. way back in the 90s. Yeah, I'll tell absolutely. you that. Yeah, and, you know, my, my experience with G4 was really positive. And there were lots of great, great people and lots of passion and lots of desire to to build great things. And, and uh, it, it's, you know, I've seen some some real well put together kind of exposés and, and discussions about why G4 failed and stuff on mm. YouTube. Oh, um, <laughs> and, and they're interesting, but I, I don't think they, they hit all of, um, I don't think they hit all of the reasons. I mean, a big part of why G4 and why any production goes away is that it just ends up costing too much. It costs yep. more money than um, you can make back in advertising or in, in subscribers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, being Canadian and having <laughs> to deal with Canadian um, uh, budgets, right. we found some really clever ways to to, uh, to stretch a dollar with our productions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that was part of our longevity. Mm-hmm. And it also was... Um, uh what was needed honestly and still needed when you're thinking about creating um uh you know information content that looks really good um uh, around this space i think you can easily spend way too much actually i'll give you another great example uh amc has tried to go into this space a few times they had that show that greg grunberg and and kevin smith were hosting Mm -hmm. and um they Greg Grunberg interviewed me at one of the E3s because I'd been to every E3 and I had some comments about stuff because they were shooting stuff about E3. But I noticed that they had like three camera operators and a couple sound guys and mm. somebody that, that was live logging every interview question, wow. makeup people. And it was just like a team, you know, That's around. Amazing. Yeah. And, and, you know, there is an expectation when you get to these massive networks that you're going to spend like that, but you, you can quickly overspend the, um, the audience, you know, and I'm yeah, sure oh that yeah. Kevin Smith and, oh yeah. and Greg Grunberg would prefer that that show was still running and they were still making it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they probably could have, if they spent less on that show, mm-hmm. I can't even remember what it was called. It didn't last that long. They somehow keep comic book men going. Yeah, I don't yeah. even want to talk about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, right. I don't like that show. Actually, yeah. I have a question from one of the, uh, one of the what, one of our viewers, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. f- comes from turbo eight, five, seven, the guy that would normally would be sitting in this chair. Yeah. Turbo okay. eight, five, seven. Hey, hey, turbo. He, um, he wants to know, are you, are there any next gen consoles or services that you are particularly excited about? I'm I'm stoked for all of it, man. I, I uh, I'm an obsessive with this technology. Um, I do feel I was thinking about that today because this has been a weird year, man. Um, this you know based on the success of the uh, uh, NES Mini and the Super Nintendo Mini and now the Genesis Mini, mm-hmm. like 16-bit is alive and well right now. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. the fact that the oh, Switch yeah. did the, with Switch Online, you got all those SNES games on there. Mm-hmm. Indies, you know, yeah. looking like 16 and the Indies and everything. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I, I feel like we live in this era without having to spend too much where it already feels like we have the Netflix of gaming, mm-hmm. you know, like all around us is like the whole history of games and it's at our fingertips oh, yeah. it, it, in a more profound way than at any other time that I can think of in games. Mm-hmm. And, Saturn. 
<laughs> so, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you know what I mean? Yeah, there's no Saturn stuff, and there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of gaping holes for sure. But right. it feels like we're getting closer and closer and closer to mm. one console. Ready, Ready Player One. Yeah, you know, yeah. where in that corner they have adventure and it's a part of the plot, and it's but it's mm. also a part of people's lives and they can play it. And I feel like we're it edging closer and closer to that. And this idea of walled gardens for this material or the $80 in the States at $60 price point for this content is starting to feel archaic. It's starting to feel like that's from a time gone, you know? Mm -hmm. And one of, one of the things that's definitely pushing us in that direction, it's definitely a part of it is the, uh, um, uh, you know, the curtain's been raised on, uh, on the mystery of how games get made. Mm -hmm. Our show was a, an ingredient on that. G4 mm -hmm. was an ingredient on that. Jeff Keighley's work has been that. And certainly developers using Twitch and YouTube to kind of explain their process. And now they're not magicians behind the curtain like uh, The Wizard of Oz. Mm, and these right. games come out and they're all magic. Now right. we know kind of what, and every day that goes by, we know a little bit more of them, mm -hmm. about them. So. Um, it's just like the movie industry and all that. Plus the, the digital um, services that allow more people to access this content mm -hmm. is going to start to drive pricing and down and availability up. And um, I'm all for that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm a collector and I have a huge collection and I totally get the obsessive uh, nature of collectors and wanting to have all of that stuff. And it's not about saving the space too much it is a little bit but it's more about getting more people to play so that more people make mm -hmm. better games and there's more more ways in more uh you know inclusive and and risky ideas um but ultimately games that uh i, I don't know push us along and I, I, I push the medium along and really kind of redefine what this industry is all about, you know, and I think we have those every generation, um, but they reach kind of a set audience mm -hmm. every generation. Yeah. And I feel like more and more people should be allowed in. I, I say this all the time about the Spider-Man game that Insomniac had made, mm -hmm. has made. Yes. It's, it was our <laughs> game of the year last year. I don't know how you guys piece. felt it. Massive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, I agree. Yeah. It was that and God of War yeah. definitely. Up ten there. out of ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Both, both so games, two of the best. So so incredible. But Spider Man, because of its family friendly quality mm -hmm. and the, mm -hmm. the popularity of the character already, I think if you did a poll around the world um, and you asked almost every person on Earth who this character is, where is my Spider Man? If you ask, <laughs> if you ask people who this character is, <laughs> most people would know, right? And South the Park. fact that it, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a self-talk but, but because uh, Insomniac made a perfect Spider-Man experience, I think most people around the world, if they played that game, they'd go, wow, video games. I'm definitely playing more video games. Right. Yes. Yeah. But they, not everybody could because there was a finite amount of, of PlayStation 4s sold out there and you had to have that machine or you had to know somebody that had that machine mm -hmm. in order for you to you know, weave your way to finally be able to play that game. And I'm looking forward to a world where that, I, I'm excited about the PS5. I'm excited about Scarlet. I can't wait to see a Switch Pro. Uh, but I'm looking forward to a day when 
a lot of that stuff doesn't really matter. And then developers don't really have to think about, you know, uh, bringing out different SKUs and, and <laughs> making something better for this machine as opposed right. to that machine. Right, right. Uh, so, I, you know, so speaking of I know that, that you, you kind of answered, competition has been good though. You kind of answered, uh, Sticks's, uh, question. Well, I got one for you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. what's your take on, so that said future, what's your take on Stadia and what do you think of cloud gaming? Uh, I think it's an inevitable future. I do. Um, I think Stadia is going to be really bumpy. Um, I think that there's, they're going to have a lot of problems and, and our skepticism is warranted. Um, but I don't think that Google is entering into this world uh, lightly. I think that they see the long-term sort of benefits of having those subscriptions. And uh, I, I think this content is, you guys know, mm -hmm. and everybody that's watching this knows, and everybody that loves video games knows that they're the best thing that humans have made. You know, oh, yeah. like they, they trump movies or, or mm -hmm. TV or oh, yeah. every, because they collect all of what it's we know in every other together. art form. Yeah. yeah. And then we are artists in these worlds that are created for us. So mm -hmm. it's like, right. and everybody knows that that's in, but the club that of people that are in needs to get bigger. Mm. Right. Yeah. And so it, it's only yeah. going to happen through um services like stadia or xbox game pass or or, or what no x cloud um that's apple arcade not too many there's gonna be too many <laughs> that's the problem well, right now so you'll be yeah, the, uh, you'll get into your Pandora, nintendo pandora's service. box was opened with uh, the success of netflix now everybody wants a piece of that that's you know bad. everybody's gunning for netflix everybody <laughs> everybody oh, yeah. is yeah, like seriously i you know i mean netflix was uh gonna gonna be a box blockbuster competitor and then they became one of the biggest purveyors of entertainment out there and now everybody and yeah. worth billions and billions so everybody's like okay i want some of that i actually at just, every level i just actually just read an article about uh disney re uh releasing their uh streaming service and it was about what was it it was the price on it five bucks hmm. like competing competing with, with netflix apple. well apple yeah. disney at like five out six dollars yeah but crazy. I don't know how that's going to work out. Right. No, but don't they, didn't they <laughs> have many? the triple play deal with like Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN for like $13? Jesus. Cancel my cable. It's going to be like, like Yeah, yeah. It's going to be like I mean, you you guys are all getting Disney Plus, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, Mandalorian. Boop. <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah, I want, I want me some of that. I want I want uh, you know, Winter Soldier and Falcon. Yes. Yes, please. That Moon Knight no, series, too. They're definitely and Moon Knight, right. are you kidding? Yeah, we're, they're doing they're playing a very smart game there. Mm -hmm. And honestly, you know, it, like, let's say Disney buys Electronic Arts, you know, or something like that, you know, like, this is just beginning, you know, this oh, idea yeah. of, of, uh, and Netflix is going to get into games. You know, they they had Bandersnatch, but they also had uh, Tales from the Borderlands, right? So mm -hmm. they're going to become a streaming purveyor of video game content as well. Like, wow. like this is coming. It's mm -hmm. it's it's not going to be instantaneous, and it's not going to come without lots of issues. And and right. I think we have one more console generation that we kind of can identify as as a traditional thing. But um, pretty soon, you're connection to this interactive entertainment is going to be very portable and you'll be able to take that material everywhere. I mean, the success of the switch kind of shows that people want that too. You know, they want to be able to play the same game on their TV as they play when they're traveling around. And I don't think Nintendo's ever going back on that. I don't think we're going to suddenly get a brand new uh, 3ds or a brand new game boy, unless it's switch related. Right. So, 
yeah, I think all signs point to uh, subscriptions to libraries that reach a lot more people. I mean, it'll be very interesting to see how Apple Arcade does mm -hmm. a year from now. You know, if that ends up becoming a very successful part of the Apple portfolio and the developers are happy with it. That price is definitely right. Yeah. They, well, they'll, they'll have changed the world again. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if it's going to work or, you know, Google's got the play pass as well. I don't know yeah. how they're doing yet. It's still still early days, but. Cloud um, game is going to come down to whether the Internet is good or not. Right, <laughs> Basically. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think Google is knows that, and mm -hmm. I think that I mean they've got their Google Fiber, and they've partnered with cities to you know speed up everything. I I, I think that's their end game, right? They want to be um, partnered or threaded in with some huge corporations so that they make sure that all of us have super fast connections, and then we all have subscriptions to Google services, and we're being served Google ads. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Um, actually, I have a question real quick. I asked the same question to Tommy, and um, that is, what is your favorite video game genre? I, I love character-based action-adventure games. I like oh, okay. uh, the camera back a little bit from my character, and I love, oh. um, I guess because I've been a toy collector my whole life, and, and uh, I just like that Avatar kind of vibe where I can see my little mm. dude or, or you know, mm -hmm. I, I, yeah. Like I love the Arkham games. Clearly, I'm a clearly a huge fan. Batman fan, and I love Spider Man. Um, and I loved Uncharted. That that kind of stuff just hmm. I get obsessed. Like I'm playing. Um, I'm gonna do a little recap on Spyro, the trilogy that's on Switch. Hmm. I'm gonna shoot that tomorrow, and I played I played that today. And I just got instantly hooked on the damn thing again. You know, I've played these games a million times. Oh, I'm like, man. it's really hard to stop playing. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I like these character-based games. And okay. my favorite game of all time now is um, uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild. I, really? I just, oh, wow. I, oh, okay. I, 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 I could not believe how transportive that game was. I was not expecting it to be so freeing and wonderful and, and such a complete departure from the previous Zelda games was yeah. so damn good. No, it's a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. It's definitely yeah. a masterpiece. Uh, Turbo857, who is usually here, he's a huge yeah. Zelda fan, and that's probably his favorite Zelda game. I'm not the craziest Zelda fan, and I played it, and I said, wow, this is this is, this is some shit. It really is. It's an yeah, amazing yeah. game. I wish yeah, I felt the same. I'm telling you, give, you yeah. gotta give it a shot, man. You gotta <laughs> give it a shot. You'd yeah. be hating... Sticks hates too much on Zelda all the time. He really does. <laughs> it's a great uh, game. You know what? It's it, it's refreshing to have people that are you have a different take on all of this stuff. Yeah. You know, that's why oh, I, I've yeah. loved working with Tommy and Scott Jones. Those guys are mm. very different individuals than I. Yeah, am. we butt we butt heads all the time. We butt heads all the time. Yeah. The yeah. Weapons, especially oh, hey, me. The weapons just killed it for me. I couldn't me. do it. Yeah. We should we should go down the list here real quick and and just let everybody know the audience know. What type of games were we're used to playing? Um, crap. Uh, I mean, my favorite <laughs> video game of all time is Shining Force Three for the Sega Saturn. That's my favorite. Oh wow! Yeah, exactly. Wow. That, that's my favorite game of all time. Obviously, I love the Batman games. I love State of Decay Two. Um, yeah, third person guy. Yeah, I'm a third person shooter guy. I'm a strategy role player guy. The Fire Emblems Three Houses. I think think that's amazing. Um, that's it. Really is. Yeah, it's, it's that's more of my 
My kind you got of game. some deep cuts, man. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing back to Saturn games. That's awesome. Uh, I, they need a remake of Shining Force 3. I will make oh, sure yeah. I keep complaining about it until it happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hadn't played the Shining Force games at all until I played it on the Genesis Mini, and I was like, this is really damn good. They're cool. amazing. It's like a, yeah, amazing. precursor to a lot of the Fire Emblem stuff. Yeah, really uh -huh. cool stuff. Absolutely. What, uh, I don't know everybody's name. What's uh, the it's okay. My name is uh, Al G857, and I am a puzzle game fan. I love, <laughs> I love it. Tetris is the number one game for me. I love any Tetris game. That's awesome. Um, I also like uh, any any game with a narrative. Any, Wait any a second. You didn't, you're not going to talk about you being a world record holder in Tetris right now? What's wrong with you? I Okay, well, I might have done the uh, world record in uh, Tetris. Um, like a Guinness Book of World Record, true. Well, it was the uh, it was in the um, Twin Galaxies. It, the Twin Galaxies oh, uh, Twin record. Oh, yeah. Dope. yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, That's yeah. fantastic. I I, wow. I I made two submissions. The first one didn't count because they, I didn't I didn't have video on 3DS. it. It was on a 3DS. So I yeah. replayed it and I actually streamed it live and. Um, which you can see on our channel. Um, uh, what was it? Puyo Puyo Tetris. Uh, marathon mode. I did uh, three hours and 20... Three hours and 20-something minutes. I forgot the Jesus. exact time. But That's the time he's talking about interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I got over incredible. 9 million points, yeah. Amazing. But uh, puzzle games are my favorite. I love puzzle games and also action games. Uh, action Wicked. adventure. For me, it's more... I play a lot of retro stuff or a lot of, like... A lot of indie stuff that plays like the retro stuff. So, like yeah. Messenger, I'm playing the Messenger right now. I'm playing and Celeste, I'm playing. Um, Those are awesome. Other than that, I mean, on the new generation, I play a lot of action adventure games like the Tomb Raiders and the Uncharted's and like the God yep. of Wars and Spider Man's. So, third person is my type of thing too. I don't. I never really got into the first person stuff and never, yeah. never at all. But yeah. sometimes if it's story based, I can get into it. But never like the Overwatches and stuff like that. I'll play those, and there's no reason for me to play because there's no story in it. So, did you play Bioshock? Bioshock, oh, I played. Yes. I got into it, but it was a little yes. too weird for me. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that particular yeah. game was a little too odd for me. But the water and everything, and it was pretty dope. But I passed on. I watched it. I saw people play it. So, yeah. But that's pretty much that. What's going on? That's I'm cool. Big Chaco. Um, I I think I might have the broadest spectrum of games to play because I'll yep. play first-person shooters. I'll play fighters, I'll play puzzle games, I'll play action-adventure games, the character-based third-person games, third-person shooters. I love, I love it all, but like my favorite genre has to be fighters. I, I love fighters. Yeah. yeah, you play a lot of I, yes. yeah. 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 You still can't get me a Street that, Fighter. Street Fighter too. That's awesome. Yeah. So you each, you each like now. different things, which yeah, yeah. is so cool. Yeah, some similar, but a lot, definitely a lot different. Oh, yeah. Well, our that's couch co-op stuff is... Well, we all yeah, like yeah. the same thing, basically. Yeah. Couch co-op stuff, we yeah. play all. Oh, yeah. Co-op games are definitely guys, our wheelhouse. Do you guys get into sports stuff at all? or? I used to play, play a lot of it, but I, I just don't have no damn time to Honestly, get into I, all yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I used to play it's in the zone. In the zone on PlayStation. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't think I've played I gotta tell you, those are the 94. hardest to... Those are the hardest to review. And I just did a, mm. a run where I, did, I reviewed the uh, two soccer games. And, of course... I did a versus like our, our old style versus, hmm. um, and FIFA. of course I got a lot of people angry that I like FIFA more. But I'm like I don't play soccer. <laughs> yeah, 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 there's, yeah, way yeah. More, there's way more stuff in FIFA than in right. PES. But yeah. PES, right. PES is fantastic too. But uh, everybody's so angry about the microtransactions and all that stuff. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. that's a that's a game killer. How do you I, feel about that? <laughs> oh, it's it sucks. And and honestly, I think that's one of the things that we'll transition away from as we go into subscription. I think it's a, it's going to be 
um, a, a democratizer in a way, you know, like yeah. if everybody's got subscriptions then there's not going to be a need to nickel and dime people mm. because it's going to be yeah. based on um, the amount of time that people spend on these things. So I think that there, you know, the, the free games will mm. still have microtransactions and right. there's a, an acceptable kind of element there. But I think if you're paying full price yeah. or you're paying for a subscription, mm -hmm. there should not be any microtransactions mm. in that stuff. Yeah, that's a great point, yeah. man. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually saw, Guys, um, I saw uh, an article on uh, the ESRB for uh, NBA uh, 2K20 and the, and the uh, simulated gambling. But it's rated yeah. E for everyone. And I was yeah, like, wait a minute. It's very <laughs> messy. I, I tweeted the other day that, that there are a lot of YouTubers, like their whole career is based on complaining about microtransactions. <laughs> and, 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 and I don't know why the video game industry wants to let that yeah. be. You know, yeah, like yeah, there's yeah, some, yeah. some pivots, of. you know. Anyways, yeah. I know that's a big topic. Guys, I gotta. I have to. I have to run. But oh, yeah. can oh I, that's okay. Can Can I come back and do this again? Anytime you, guys you are want. Awesome. Anytime Dude, you're anytime. available, you are invited. Yeah. Okay. Oh, can I, I ask you a, a real fast question? <laughs> sure. Ahead. Really fast question. On Electric Playground, when you were yeah. when you were with Tommy Tallarico, and he said, "Good days, yeah. days." What was your What was going through your head at that time? Because it's one of the funniest clips. Yeah. We've been running that joke for like ten plus years. <laughs> And your reaction was so priceless. Oh. And I want to know uh, what you were thinking when he said, when he said yeah, that I, during that. Tommy yeah. has always been so <laughs> freaking amazing to me because he's, he's, he's a fearless dude. You know, like he, he is the guy that you see in front of the camera and he throws himself at everything. And he legit shocked me every goddamn time I lived with him. And, and, and that is, that's a very fun way to work. You know, yeah. sometimes it was uh, a little combative and sometimes like our high heat baseball thing where he like ran, like ran and called a cab and got in the cab and he had our fucking microphone on him still. And he's like, Dude, because I, I wasn't going to give high heat a zero. I was like, okay, you can calm right now. But uh, yeah. It yeah, makes for great uh, TV. Yes. That is perfect. Yeah, it, it does make for great TV, man. It it really did, and, and I I love working with them. And every chance that I do, whether it's an interview or a podcast or or we get together and shoot reviews, we were talking about doing more reviews. And then he goes and starts uh, making oh. it a television concert. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, we can't review anything now because you're you're selling a machine. You can't you can't review anybody's stuff. Yeah, I should do so, an annual. Do end of the year thing yeah <laughs> I, I, I i'm planning to have him actually in vancouver uh to come up here with intellivision systems and then i want to fill the cafe up and oh, nice. um, he can t he can uh demo them live and we can interview people as they're playing stuff awesome. i really want to do that on the That'd show I think awesome. that's, that's amazing yeah well, yeah watching. if you guys are ever Got in new york <laughs> yeah right. oh yeah <laughs> i love new york I actually am going to be in New York, it uh, looks like, in the middle of December, so I'll reach out to you guys oh. again. Oh, we'll get you on okay. live. That would be cool. That would be right. awesome. You guys are the best. Thank you uh, very much. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. Right. Thank you, man. Have a good one. Take, Take care. Be good. Bye-bye. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, that concludes our show for today. What do you guys think of that interview, man? That was awesome. Man, him and Tommy are such cool dudes, man. They're They're just, you know. They're really giving individuals. No, they're like, they're awesome. Because they're like, really awesome. they didn't have to give us the time of day. No. Yeah. And they did. And they're passionate. They're passionate. Yeah, 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 you yeah, know, yeah. you notice they could talk about video games forever. forever. Oh yeah. yeah. Forever. We could talk about. We, we could stay here for three forever. hours with him. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for that? Yeah. Like. <laughs> no, they are. They're ready. You know, like, but it would be awesome to get them in studio one day. It would be so awesome.
Yeah. So awesome. Yeah, yeah definitely but appreciate it. Anytime they want to give. Maybe get Vic drunk or something, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know Tommy don't drink, but we get Vic drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Awesome. Um, Fun times, though, man. Very yeah. Fun. Were there any other questions or anything? I had a few. Did we see? Um, I know. There's a ton of side conversations going on in the chat. Oh, yeah. Which is great. Which is yeah, great. It's good but, for the um, community. That's awesome. You guys, it's great to have you out there. There's going to yeah, be a part was... two, guys. Yeah. It's going to be a part two. Yeah, he's he's gonna come back. Yeah, looking forward a, to it. We do a podcast every what live every other, other Wednesday. Every so. other Wednesday. This is every an exception though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> we're gonna be back on track. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, we got the interviews. We had to do those. And we got sound this time. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and y'all can hear us. <laughs> and not for nothing, the people keep showing up to that want to get interviewed. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. not gonna get rid of us. The G4 the yeah, fam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone from the G4 fam, you're more than welcome yes. to come on to the show. Hey, anyone in the gaming industry doesn't matter who. Doesn't yeah. matter. Who. Oh yeah. Hell, I'm I don't welcome. care if you're actually. They don't even have to be gaming industry. Wrestlers, we don't care. <laughs> oh, RBD, yo, shout out to oh, oh, shout RBD. out to up up down down. Shout out yeah. to oh, up up down. I still want to. I still want to fight you guys in Smash Four. No, no, not fight them. Smoke them. Oh, my oh, fault. my oh. fault. I used the wrong word. Yeah. Oh, the challenge Crush is you. out. I forgot to ask. Crush Vic if you play Smash Brothers. Oh. So I can smoke him too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out next time. Much love. Much love. Well, right. um, so I, I guess that's it. So that should uh, conclude the show for today, yeah, right? That's yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. good. Yeah, yeah. Well, in that case, make sure that you listen to this podcast every other Wednesday on Radio Public. Public! Because we're available on all other social media and, well, not social media, streaming services, my bad. But Radio Shame Public is the one that you want to listen to us too. That's right. If you want to show the most support. Mm-hmm. And also, most importantly, if you're watching us on YouTube or you just hit us up, uh, just ha- just so happen to hit us up on all our social media. Mm-hmm. Make sure to subscribe or follow because if we hit 500 subscribers what or happens? followers. What happens? What happens? You know what's going to happen? What, tell, tell me what happens. A lot of pain. A lot of pain. A lot, a lot of pain. A lot of suffering. For sticks. That's right. That's right. <laughs> You're going to burn to death on life. We're going to do the hot sauce challenge, y'all. You're going to suffer. Sauce. I ain't doing a hot that. sauce challenge and we're going to suffer for I'm your enjoyment. I'm not eating that. Nah, so you can't <laughs> lie to the viewers? So if we hit that milestone, we're going to do that hot sauce. And you're going to see us suffer. But um, that's pretty much it, man. Yeah. Remember, it's level 857. Until next time. Next time, y'all. We love you, 3000. We Mm -hmm. out. We out like sauerkraut. Thank you for watching, guys. We appreciate you. Mm Mm-hmm.